Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we're going to check in with Mark Krebs of the Bluegrass Boys, the Kentucky alumni team that's playing out of TBT's Midwest region. For more information on the Bluegrass Boys or any of the teams competing in TBT, be sure to check out thetournament.com. Mark Krebs, the Bluegrass Boys. Where does the team name come from? The team name comes from, the obviously, Kentucky is the Bluegrass State, and to be honest with you, we are going to go with something very specific to the University of Kentucky, since a lot of our players come uh, from there. However, when you break down the fact that a lot of the guys are still in the NBA, they have contracts, and they're all over the place, I figured we were going to have to fill in uh, with a few other talented players that are associated with uh, the state of Kentucky, so we did more of an all-inclusive uh, state thing. So Bluegrass Boys, it, it, it was perfect. And I asked the team, the guys that were on the team or that were already committed, um, we kind of had about three or four, but Bluegrass Boys stuck. How did this team come together? The team came together. We were talking with some of the guys that are associated with the University of Kentucky basketball program. They had been getting calls. They had seen some things the years prior, and they said, we should put some, you know, put a team in this. And since I was one of the few players that played for Tubby Smith, Billy Gillespie, and Coach Calipari, and I still have a good relationship with all the guys that are there now under uh, Calipari, they said, you should get these guys together. It'd be awesome to see what, what you could come up with. And so I took it upon myself to start calling around. And when we got, you know, three or four or five commitments, the ball started rolling. The media around Kentucky sort of just jumped on board. Everyone got behind it. And so now we're just trying to add in the final pieces of the roster and get ready. But, I mean, that's basically how it started. I, I've had more fun than ever doing, putting, this, uh, putting this team together. Why are you guys playing in TBT? We are playing in TBT, first of all, because I think it's a great opportunity for guys that, say, left at the end of Gillespie and never really got to play for John Calipari as well as guys that left maybe at the end of Tubby Smith's era, never got to play for Gillespie or Calipari. You have all these different players, and, and there was so much turnover so quickly. A lot of guys don't even know each other that played, you know, three years apart or two years apart. So first of all, I think it's great to be able to meet other guys throughout the state that are also – that are still playing. I think that guys that are overseas that are just playing so well overseas that no one even knows what team they're on, where they're at, uh, what they're doing, maybe some other extracurriculars that they have going on with uh, some philanthropic, uh, you know, well, prime example, Derek Anderson has a stamina camp and a stamina academy that he's promoting and wants to, you know, people to be a part of. And no one even knew he was building it until he starts getting in the public eye. So I feel like he's, you know, that's the perfect example is that everyone has something going on. And this is the prime time to really bring everyone together, get back in the public eye for a summer and have a reunion of sorts, and then obviously to go after $2 million isn't a bad incentive to get guys involved and to see what kind of competition's out there. The exposure is going to be great in TBT. I would say all those things combined, uh, it adds to a, not only a fun event, but one that can be very lucrative and beneficial to everyone's career. What would it mean to win TBT? It would mean a lot. I think to the, the players, it would mean that, you know, obviously Kentucky players that have come together – um, to win another championship, Kentucky, you're nothing unless you win championships. So that's our goal in this thing is to win it because we're in it. Um, but I think for everyone, each person will take something different from it. But there's guys on the cusp of making it in the NBA. You never know if that'll take them over the threshold, playing on ESPN again, getting back in the public eye, like I was saying, 
or a guy like Derek Anderson maybe wants to get into coaching. He's a he's going to be coaching our team. Maybe he opens something up to where he you know he starts a career of his own. So there's so many different things that I think winning this uh, will propel on, and also obviously financially, a lot of guys that are playing in the D League that have aspirations to play in the NBA. This just helps him a little bit more uh, to get toward that and, and and make some money along the way. Which team in the Midwest region where you guys are playing besides yourselves do you think is the best? Man, well, Kansas, I want to get Kansas State bad because they got us in voting, right? So they beat us in voting, which we had some good votes out there. We have some good support, but they outdid us. Michigan State, I think their squad is just going to be very, very solid. I'm just looking forward to playing a lot of these alumni teams to see if we can stay, who, who can stand the longest. And I think that's that's what I'm most excited to, 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 to do in this tournament is to see where we, we, where we compete against you know, Michigan State, Kentucky have rich histories. Kansas State, that 2012 team was so good. How can all these guys, you know, line up with, with those guys? You've kind of taken a really smart approach in terms of constructing a team by not being hidebound to have only Kentucky guys on the roster. Um, I think like one of the secrets of Notre Dame in 2014 was that they didn't have exclusively Notre Dame guys. There was uh, Paul Gauze who played at Seton Hall. And then last year, Syracuse had Willie Dean who played at Purdue, among others. Um, was that intentional on your part from the beginning, or was that something that you adapted as you you went forward? Because obviously, taking a guy from Louisville is a big a big leap of faith. Got I got a lot of I got a hard I got a hard road for that one. For the last month has been rough. Um, look, I'll be honest with you. We looking at who was playing that didn't have guaranteed NBA contracts for next season. Looking at who was available. You know, obviously, I had a short list of guys I wanted to go to first. When you break that down, and let's say we got three out of six that we wanted out of that short list, we start realizing we have three here. Who do we go after next? And it becomes pretty evident that you need you need some extra guys, you know, three or four. I exhausted all of my Kentucky options first just because obviously they're talented, but they're also they're great. The fans are behind us. They want to support us. So why not give them what they want, which is all these Kentucky guys together again? With that being said – I think the next best option is to obviously get some players from around the state that either played high school here, that played in college here, that played with, uh, let's say, Brian Williams, played at Tennessee, playing, he played for the Dominican Republic team, Coach Cal coached in the Dominican Republic, uh, their national team. So if you look at all these different pieces, I want to have obviously some common thread throughout, um, but at the same time, I exhausted my University of Kentucky options first, and then after that, Shane Bohannon. Had an unbelievable career, played at uh, Louisville during – he won the national championship there, has had a great uh, career uh, professionally. And not only that, he helps us with what we needed. We needed a big guy, a solid big guy. So it wasn't intentional from the start, but you could see just from, you know, putting the pieces together, there were some needs that we had that we needed to fill. And there's also some – there's heck of a talented players out there that we've played against in the SEC, Scotty Hobson, you name it that uh, would, wouldn't be bad to see what they're like on the same team, see if we can go win, win a championship. You've mentioned how the Kentucky media has really kind of taken hold of the team, and it does seem like it's taken off. There's a lot of interest locally. Can you talk a little bit about what that's been like to have some of these guys sort of reappear on the talk radio um, radar screen after maybe being gone for a couple of years? Sure. It's made the, the, the initial conversations of asking if a guy wants to play on our team not really difficult, but you have some extra questions to ask, like, I remember Joe Crawford. I said, Joe, are you willing – there's guys wanting you to talk, go on ESPN Radio locally. They want you to go on uh, KSTV and, and talk about 
what's going on with you and where you're at in life and, and playing, being a part of the Bluegrass Boys. So when I put Shane Behan on the team, when we signed him up, I realized the support was so big because I've never seen a Twitter feed blow up like that. My phone was blowing up. So everyone's found what, out about What was the worst thing someone said to you about that? Oh, they said, uh, we're not rooting for you anymore. Get out. I mean, that's just a typical Kentucky fan. And Anybody asked to take their vote back? Well, yeah, but if you looked at all the if you looked at all of the, uh, the 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 followers of the people that were the most vile, they had like three or four followers. So you know, I think other people they've been vile to other people first, so they you know they they jump ship. So it wasn't too bad. And believe me, being in Kentucky, you're used to you know having a bad game and hearing hearing about it. So I would just say that the local media has grown, has made this thing grow. I mean, I the fans and their support obviously got us into the tournament. I think they're going to support us all the way through the tournament. And so you have to tell the guys that. You say, hey, are you willing to do some media opportunities? What do you want to say? What do you want out of this? And that's basically where we started. And uh, it's been great. I think guys have finally, like Kevin Galloway, played one year at Kentucky under Gillespie the second year, went to the NIT and was gone when Cal got there. And if you look at the history of Kentucky basketball, it's wiped off the map. I mean, they don't even remember that year. They don't remember the Jody Meeks unbelievable year. I mean, they'll remember him only. That's about the only player they really remember from that squad. And so you bring Kevin Galloway back, who's averaging a triple-double overseas, and now they get a chance to get re, you know, reacquainted with him and see what he plays like with a Marcus Teague and with other guys like that, with Joe Crawford, Ramel Bradley. So it's going to be interesting. I know the fans locally are excited throughout the state. And actually, we're excited about the Chicago fan base of Kentucky up there. All their alumni, that alumni association is going to be pretty exciting. What are you expecting up there? You think you'll have a good crowd show up and, and cheer this team on? I think we're going to have a great crowd at the game, but I'm more excited about the, you know, having an event, maybe like a, a big dinner where we go and we run out of the, the bar that they watch UK games at or something like that. I think that's what's more exciting to me is just being able to actually meet them as opposed to playing in front of them. That will be great too. But just getting it, being able to shake hands and, you know, obviously meet some new people that are living in Chicago that are transplants from, uh, from Kentucky. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like for you to have played under those three coaches at Kentucky? and differences between their styles as the, uh, as the coaches of those teams? Well, they're, vast, they're vastly different. So I, I didn't get enough. If I have one regret, it's I didn't enjoy Tubby Smith enough. As a human being, he is top of the line. He's a great coach. I think what happens is the game evolves, and sometimes it's hard when you've been in the industry a long time, in any industry, to really adapt and change at the recruiting. And, and it's, just a, it's a very fast-paced game, and I think he's done it a phenomenal job. I think he's going to do a heck of a job at Memphis now. But Tubby was an old-school offense. And I think if you talk to Rondo or anybody like that, they want open floor. They want to run in transition. And he was more of a slow it down, let's let's run some offense. Like I said, both have worked. He won a national championship. You can count. You know, there's not too many people who win national championships. It's a very big honor. So he's a, he's a, heck, of a, he's a heck of a coach. I think moving on to Billy Gillespie, the big difference was he also ran a slower offense where – a lot of high posts, a lot of guys in your way if you're trying to drive. But he's a basketball nut. I mean, this guy could break down another team. We had probably scouting reports this thick, um, and not only that thick, but we would have video. We would watch film uh, three days before the game, two days before the game, four four times the day before the game. It just was nuts. So the amount of preparation was crazy. And he obviously has, you know, more of a temper. He's more sporadic. His workouts were insanely difficult compared to Tubby. And then when Calipari got there, 
the guy is a player's coach. There's nothing really else you can say about it. He came in saying the right things from the start. Um, he knows how to talk to the top-tier talent. He knows how to talk to the number one player in the nation and say, not only will we win, but you'll get to where you want to be as well. He's not afraid to stir it up nationally uh, in the media, and he's got an offense that thrives with those talented guys. So I would say each of them are vastly different. But, again, all of them were great guys in, in their own way, and all of them have some success, you know, in, in their own way as well. Um, since he's been at UMass going back, you know, close to 25 years, Calipari has always used the phrase survive in advance. I remember press conferences where he just says that over and over and over again yeah. after an ugly win, uh, beautiful win, whatever. It's just a survive in advance. Has he been giving you any tips about getting through a single elimination event, things to do? attitudes oh, to have, things like that? He's been giving me advice. I've just, from listening to him, not me personally, but just listening to him when we were going through the NCAA tournament, you know, obviously I'm thinking about those things. I know Derek Anderson won a national championship, was a part of so many great teams, won a world championship. He's our coach. They understand. I think anyone in that position understands. A lot of these guys understand. It is about surviving and advancing. If you look at the 2011 Kentucky team, they lost so many games during the season in the SEC, uh, in SEC play. Uh, end up starting to roll around SEC tournament time. And then they almost lose their first round game. It was a 13 seed, uh, I think Princeton. They went on a last second layup, Kentucky does. And then they go on to the final four. They beat the best teams of, you know, the the best North Carolina had, the best Ohio State had. And so for me, you know, in this tournament, the Bluegrass boys are going to meet some guys that maybe they they match up way better than on on paper. But when the the ball tips off, that team shooting 50% from the floor – and we're going to have to survive that game. And likewise, there's going to be a team we meet that just doesn't play as good, and we need to you know, pounce on them while we can. So I think it's, just, it's about surviving and advancing and not really looking at each game as, you know, it's not always what's on paper. It's sometimes about how the game and the flow of the game and the pace of the game and how can we adapt. We're going to have a lot of different guys, a lot of different players that want to play their own style. You know, how can we adapt and how quickly can we do that? I think that's going to ultimately the, you know, show our success. I mean, obviously, with one of the more talented, if not the most talented roster in the entire event, you're going to have the desire for all of those guys to play at their top level, to be out in the court as much as possible. Have you talked to Derek about managing those expectations for the players? And what's the uh, what's the plan there in terms of telling a guy, hey, you're not going to play the last five minutes of a game? Well, I just got off the phone with him. And he is a big he's a he's a, loves guard play, loves to spread the floor and let guys do what they do. Um, he wants everyone to be active. He doesn't want anybody sitting there, like I said, that old school offense. He doesn't want the high posts in your way all the time. Guys posting up when you have a clear advantage at the guard position to drive by someone, and now you have four people guarding you, one of which is your teammate. Um, he's just been great. I mean, he, he knows he's got the personnel. I think that the mini camp we're going to go through between July 13th and July 15th before we take off for Chicago, and if we get a practice in in Chicago before we actually play – He's going to find out enough. I know we have an exhibition game coming up uh, July 13th. All those things are going to help him determine who needs to be on the court at what times. And I think the guys understand. You know, there's some guys here that are going to play so well in the first half, but you don't want to give them too many minutes because right now they're not in shape to really play, you know, a bulk of the minutes. But they're talented players that can give you 15 and 16 points in 10, 15 minutes. So, I think it's going to be just a matter of him, obviously, with his eye. He can look at talent and know who should be on the court at what time. And also the players, I think, are going to understand. So I have no doubts. We're going to have guys that play five minutes one game and then play 20 minutes the next game just because of the matchup. I like that we have such a diverse team because we have we can pretty much play with anybody 
in any style and not have to worry about, you know, only playing one way or if someone plays his own on us, what are we going to do? We'll throw our shooters out there. You know, there's different things we can do. And that, I think that makes it exciting. One of the um, things that I find fascinating is the life of a non-NBA basketball player professionally. They move from one country to another. They're constantly jumping from one league to another. Some years are great financially. Some are more difficult. Uh, in talking to the guys from Kentucky that are not NBA players, I'm curious about another layer, which is the idea that you go from playing in front of 20,000 people every home game that are wearing your colors, know your name, you walk down the street, you're famous, and then you go to some of these lesser countries to play. And it seems like there's a bit of a, obviously, there's a huge drop off in terms of your um, popularity and how well known you are. What is that like psychologically for those guys? Do you think it changes them, makes them tougher, changes perspectives? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm excited to hear it. I've been talking to him about playing in this thing, and a lot of them are just excited to get back here and play in front of big crowds. So you're right. I mean, they don't they don't get that that gratification of okay, so I worked hard in practice all off season. I was busting my butt for a moment in the sun. You know, it's like 95 percent of what you do is behind closed doors, and you want that five percent, you know, to really be great and show what you've done. And I don't think you ever get really that gratification of saying, like, here it is. Kentucky fans, you know, still think some guys are playing in Spain when really they've actually been in the D League and almost on NBA rosters. And then there's other ones that, you know, what's happened to him? I thought he was out of the league. Actually, no, he's, you know, he's playing here. So it's hard to keep track of those guys. And I think each of them now have families or responsibilities. So they're, it becomes more of a business. And so I think the layer is you go from college where everyone loves you. It is crazy games with all these 24,000 fans everywhere you go people know your name kind of thing to now you become oh it's a job basketball is a job it's a fun job don't get me wrong but now you have responsibilities and so they do it and this is I think a, a mixture so this tournament the basketball tournament is going to be a mixture of now you get to hang out with your friends and enjoy it and have fun doing it but there's a chance to win some really good money for your family so we got to weigh that balance and we also have to just I don't know, have, have fun playing in front of those crowds again. I think our exhibition game is going to be awesome. I think it's going to get everyone juiced up because there are going to be a lot of Kentucky fans watching. And if we can get a Louisville squad on the other side playing it, I mean, it, it's just going to be a, a fun, and I think it's going to jump. It's going to get every one of those guys back into that mode of, all right, we're here, and it, this is a big deal. Everyone's watching. Who on this team do you think is going to most surprise fans in terms of their development since they've left college? I think there's going to be a couple. I think you got Kevin Galloway, who's, you know, was just at a bad time, I told you, at Kentucky, where he is killing it overseas. And I think he's only gotten better. I think he's gotten more physical. I think he's going to be a guy that uh, shows something. I think uh, – who else? You got Joe Crawford, who's been working out with Jody Meeks up in uh, up in Detroit. He's been doing a great job. If there's anyone I'm more excited to see, it's Shigari Aline. This guy's seven foot three. Left Kentucky in 2005. No one really knows what he's been up to. He's played for the Globetrotters. He's played overseas, played in the D-League. Guys, a, he's got the amazing footwork right now. I mean, he's a salsa dancer. He does all these different things at 7'3". <laughs> I cannot wait for him to step on the court and just wow people with, you know, what kind of skills he has, you know, for a 7'3 guy. Um, I, I do think Perry Stevens, another guy that's been coaching a lot, is he enough shape? I don't know. We're going to see Perry. Perry needs to get his, his butt in shape if he's not because he's going to have to play some minutes here soon. So, But he's been coaching, and he's been doing a great job. So I think more than anything, Perry's going to be a smarter player, understanding the positions on the court, how to use his length. And so 
excited to see. I think Ramel Bradley's another one. Uh, was in Israel for for so long playing. Another guy that people love. His personality just is is the best personality you can actually have for an athlete or anybody. And he's going to come in, I think, show people what he's been doing on, on the court as well. I mean, he's making money over there, doing a great job, winning championships. Excited to see what he actually does in front of everybody else. We were talking before we started recording, but this is a difficult job organizing a team like this and and um, getting everybody on board and trying to build a roster. Is it been fun? The experience for you been fun being back out in front of a team like this? It has been great. Yes. I think it's even going to get more fun the years that we do this. I'm hoping this is the first of many years. And so this year has been hard because a, you have to fight the fact that, you know, a lot of these guys have agents and they're making great money where they're at. You have guys that are working so hard to get to the NBA. And so this is kind of like, okay, I'd like to play in this tournament, but at the same time, I'm trying to get to these, you know, this, this precipice, you know, this great thing, this pinnacle of my career to get to the NBA. And so you have to weigh all these guys. And not only are you dealing with the players, but you're dealing with everybody else. Then you're dealing with how to get to your location. So we're coming from, you know, Kentucky to Chicago. Do we fly? Do we drive? Where do we stay? How do we stay? Where, you know, when do we get up there? Do we practice beforehand? There's so much planning involved. It's crazy. And so the roster was my hardest part. That was the first thing. And I'm, I think that we've done a great job of combining Kentucky talent, a University of Kentucky talent with Kentucky around the state talent that has played different colleges. But then it's also the logistics. How do we get there? How do we pay for it? And uh, how do we make it the best experience possible, win or lose? And then how do we give our guys a chance to actually go out and win it? And how do we get the fans behind it and keep everyone excited? Get all the media opportunities, you know, everyone that's available, how do we make those happen as well? So much planning, but it has been very rewarding. I think everyone's helped out. Coach Calipari couldn't ask for more help with his he's, – he's a genius marketer. He's also genius as far as putting a team together and understanding what they need. Derek Anderson jumped on board right away. He's actually been watching film on some of these guys from back in the day, just trying to figure out what's their their skills and where they're at. So got to love it. I think it's going to be very, very fun. I think it's going to be very worth it. Um, but right now I'm in the thick of it, and it is tough. Well, hopefully it has a good result for you guys. I know a lot of Kentucky fans are interested. I'm really fascinated to see how you guys come together. Mark, thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Look forward right. to it. And good luck up in Chicago. Thanks.